The following podcast is sponsored by Structure Tech. So a pocket listing would be if you are a listing agent, you list the property, keep it off the MLS, and you do your own advertising on it to try to pick up a buyer. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich, alongside, as always, Tessa Murray. She's waving. You can't see that right now. And Ruben Saltzman. Yeah, he waved too. Congratulations. Nobody knew what was going on there. On today's episode, we have an in-studio guest, Dan Savinsky with Keller Williams Classic Realty Northwest out of Blaine, Minnesota. Minus the Northwest. Minus the Northwest. Okay. Awesome. Should have let him say it, Bill. All right. We're going to let Dan... Dan say who he works for. And I'm really excited, Dan, to have you in here today because we're going to be talking about some new things that are popping up in the real estate industry. And it's always good to see what happens in your world eventually happens in our world. And one of the things that we know in the inspection business is that turning around homes like contingency periods are a big challenge for real estate agents, right? So a house gets sold and inspection companies are busy in the summertime and you have 10 days to get all your T's and I's and everything crossed and dotted. And I wanted to talk to you today about pocket listings. But before we get into all that stuff, let's back up and why don't you take a minute and tell us about you? Sure. First off, thanks for having me here. Been using Structure Tech, if I can say that. On, oh, you, you can, can say, you can it, say it, anything. as much as right, you want. Perfect. This is ours. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me here. I'm happy to give back with some of the information on my side of the fence. I've been learning from you guys for a long, long time. It's made me a better agent, much more sharper eyes when I'm out in the field with my clients. So I was really looking forward to this opportunity. Did we pay you to say that? <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Yeah. As we yeah. Say. So I just have to say Structure Tech 29 more times, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then my parking's valid. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So I've been a realtor now going on 15 years in May, now getting into my fifth year in the professional standards committee. So out of the 23 plus thousand agents in the state of Minnesota, there's a select number of us, about 200 agents that serve on ethics hearings, arbitration hearings. So going into my fifth year on that, where after my fifth year, I should be able to, at some point, get to be a chair of the committee as well and also grow in that. So Is that an elected position or is that a volunteer position or how did you get into that role? Well, I got into it by getting into an argument with my old broker on my first day of meeting him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sounds like... Uh, (laughs) Hey, nice to meet you. It was actually about, I got into a discussion with him about withheld listings, the topic that we're going to spend a good amount of time on today. So in transferring my license to my old brokerage, which was Keller Williams Classic Realty Northwest, was told that I could do withhelds going into it, but that broker was not a fan of it. And after I did all my paperwork transfer and I went to go meet him, he told me that I was not allowed to do any withhelds. And I had a couple that I was planning to bring on as new listings for preparation and everything. So we got to talking about it. And at the end, I feel like I won the conversation because he said, I think you should join the Professional Standards Committee. Gotcha. And you stayed on, obviously, with him. I did, yeah. I mean, great office, great broker. I live in Blaine and my new office is in Blaine. So it was a a logistics thing for me to transfer. Sure. And for anybody who's not in Minnesota, Blaine's kind of a northern suburb, not too far from the core of the Twin Cities, but uh, maybe 20 minutes north. Yep. So So it was a great discussion, opened some eyes, opened my ears a little bit about the problem and it got me digging into it, uh, which I'll share some of those numbers with you today and and why things are changing like they are. Can you define pocket listing for those of us that may not know? So a pocket listing would be if you are a listing agent, you list the property, keep it off the MLS and you do your own advertising on it to try to pick up a buyer. Okay. That buyer can come 
come from an outside broker. It could come from an internet. It could come from the sign. But again, some of it's perceptional based. You know, is that buyer more likely to buy through that listing agent to where that listing agent now is not sharing the broker compensation agreement that they had on board with the seller? So can you wait, expound on that? Because I'm having a tough time wrapping my mind around what you're saying there. And I think I know what you're saying, but what do you mean buying with that agent? In Minnesota, traditionally, at least all of my listing agreements are set up to where if I'm listing a home with a seller, they pay a listing fee. Out of that listing fee, we offer a percentage of that to whoever brings in the buyer. So it's called a buyer brokerage compensation. And what's the typical fee? So we can't say there's a typical because okay. there's rules with price fixing. Mm-hmm. What's what's a common rule? Can we say that? I will tell you that if or I were to pull up 100 feet? listings in a Twin Cities area, if I pull up 100 listings, probably 80 to 90% of those are going to be 2.7%. Okay. And then they'll For range. each side? No, no, no. Nope. For the buyer side. Okay. So whatever is agreed upon for the listing agreement, a percentage of that goes out to the buyer brokerage. Okay. Or if they take that in-house and sell that property on their own, which is a whole nother conversation in itself because now you go from a listing agent that has a strict fiduciary set of duties to the seller to potentially a dual, dual agent, agent, which is a whole nother mm-hmm. form of agency. That's podcast two. Yeah. So that whole law thing, as a person who does have a real estate license in the state of Minnesota, uh, and since the early nineties, mm-hmm. when agency was just like a thing that we talked about very broadly and nobody understood, it's kind of complicated, but in essence, we've defined it really well now. It's grown quite a bit. The whole push behind being a realtor, because when we get licensed, we're a real estate agent. Then you pledge an oath to be a realtor. You buy into the MLS and you buy into the National Association of Realtors in which you're supposed to abide by the code. And there's 17 articles and there's sub-articles within each one. Yep. And the duties to the public, duties to other agents, and how we are supposed to handle that. It's all self-policing, which makes Mm. all of this more interesting. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. So Ruben, just getting back to this commission stuff, just think of it as the old commission stack. So the house gets listed and there's a commission that's being paid and then it just gets divvied up. Some goes to the buyer, some goes to the seller. No, some goes Mm. to the buyer, some goes to the seller. You said 2.7 for the buyer is a, you didn't say standard, but you said a common number we'd see come up frequently. What about to the seller? Are there any numbers that are commonly used? It's all negotiable. So depending on what you're getting for a service and defined service, right? Every agent's going to be a little bit different. As an example, if you did a listing agreement at 7%, Mm -hmm. then 2.7 of that would go out, right? And then the the remaining would be held by the listing broker. And then there's splits that come out of that. Okay. Got it. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to get more into pocket listings and get into the details of all of that stuff. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. Hey, everybody. Bill Overick here with Structure Talk. Spring has sprung here in Minnesota. We've turned the corner and home shopping season is in full swing. Remember, after you sign the PA, your next call should be to a home inspection company. And of course, Structure Tech is here to help. Just find us on the web, structuretech.com, or give our office a call, 952-915-6466. And just tell them the guys over at Structure Talk sent you their way. 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich, alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. And with a special in-studio guest today, Dan Sabinski from Keller Williams Classic Realty. I think I got it that there. Perfect. Just nailed it. Awesome. <laughs> Before we went to the break, we were kind of talking about the MLS and briefly talked about pocket listings. And then we got into mm-hmm. some of the, the MLS stuff, kind of more details of that. But I did want to ask you real briefly, can you explain the MLS, generally speaking, like give me a high level view. I know it's where brokers put real estate listings and then there's this cooperation that goes on, but are there MLSs all over the country? Yeah. And one that is also changing right every year in Minnesota, there used to be multiple MLSs to where if you started getting too far North, too far South, now you might not be able to do business there and get compensated. So there'd have to be agreements, you know, going into those transactions. Now the MLSs have been merging in Minnesota. I'm not sure about other states, but I can search properties up to Bermidji, you know, down to the south border of Minnesota. So that part's great. The MLS itself, it's kind of like all those startup websites that are out there right now and some of the more established ones, right, where they're trying to get all the housing information so they can get different users there. For the realtors that pay for the service, it's where we get and look at every property that's available. So if we're serving our client on the buy side, that gives us the ability to see everything. Sure. Same from the seller side. And this is where we start kind of drifting into the pocket listing conversation. When you list a home from a sell side, that means you want the most amount of marketing possible for your property. So putting it on the MLS where you are working and broadcasting directly to every agent out there that is paying for the service mm-hmm. who has represented buyers, ones that are qualified, mm-hmm. not just ones that are looking at Pinterest ideas or wondering what's going on in a certain neighborhood. These are ones that have been through with a loan officer typically. They've got criteria set sure. and they know what they want. They're ready to buy within six months most of the time. They're, they're teed up. They're hot. I mean, these mm-hmm. people are going to move the market, right? In a hot market, is a pocket listing something that's more talked about or is it a slow market or is it all markets? It should be a no market for the most part. And that's where the numbers come in. So when I started digging into this in 2014 or 15, let me go back a little bit further. Some of the numbers that I received were back from 2005. In 2005 in Minnesota, we probably had 50,000 plus listings. In the Twin Cities 13 county metro area, we had 30 plus thousand. There's 13 counties in the Twin Cities metro area? Well, according to my paperwork, it does. <laughs> I'll believe you. I, print, I printed it, so it's got to be true. Okay. We're growing. Yeah. I used to be the seven-county metro, right? Yeah, well, well the uh, county the twin cities region. urban core gotcha. might have to expand wow. outside of two counties, though. Right. Little Minnesota's getting big. I like it. So the numbers that I ran from back then, we, had, we averaged about 400 and some withhelds per month. It was under a half percent. Right. So you look at 2012 when we reached the bottom of the market, inventory started to finally drop. Rates were also starting to get a little bit more affordable. So buyers started coming out. This is also when all the really big homes started getting built too, when money was almost free and people were sitting on it. The numbers in 2016 to 17, we saw the biggest jump in withheld properties. We jumped 50%. In withhelds. Now, I'm looking at the percentage here. We're going to talk about the actual numbers and what that means in a second. From 17 to 18, it grew 23%. From 18 to 19, it grew another 16%. And this is when they finally started going, you know what, we have to put the plug in this. Hmm. Sure. So people were gaming the system. Big time. 
of those pocket listings, what percentage of those sold as, I've got air quotes here, as a hogger deal, where the listing agent rep both sides of it, a dual agency, a true dual agency? Good question. Those numbers I don't know. Okay. So my microphone was essentially turned off in 2017. Oh, I was yeah. asking for very specific numbers and then emails just stopped getting responded to until mm. May of 2019. I was responded to by the MLS with some pointed information and some curiosity mm. in the direction I was going with my questions. They were probably already in the works of doing these things on a national level as it was. Mm -hmm. But at some point, the light was turned on. And I know the light wasn't on in 2014 or 15, yeah. at least not with the people that I was speaking with, because mm -hmm. I have it in screenshots that this really isn't a problem. Sure. Maybe not at that point, but it was. It was enough for me to go, what's going on here? From a true fiduciary and our obligation to a seller, it just wasn't making sense. So I'm going to quiz you here. What's your fiduciary responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> well, for both sides, you have confidentiality, reasonable care, obedience, right? And those are just a couple. There's like seven of them. I see your fingers moving. <laughs> <laughs> He's counting. Excellent. Can we round up? Yeah. Um, so we love acronyms here. So what does LC Dora mean for anybody who went to ProSource back in the mid-90s? You know what that means. <laughs> so I've got a daughter who's now 13, and when I hear Dora... I get a whole yeah. other direction. <laughs> the Explorer. Right. Yeah. So looking at the numbers. So in January 2019, just to give you some perspective, we're at super low inventory, right? We can talk about what that means too if we have time. But in January 2019, we entered the market with 8,924 listings that were active. That's it. Now, these are also active plus active contingent upon inspection. All 13 counties, 8,000 plus. Almost 8, oh, 9,000. Okay. In 2020, January, we entered with 7,595. Okay. So the average number of listings that were withheld at that time were like 2,200, 2,300. Wow. So from a percentage aspect, you've got 30% of the market that was being withheld at any given time. So the playing field's not level and your clients aren't seeing 30% of the houses they should be seeing which is kind of sad. How do you find the perfect house in the perfect location when 30% of them are kind of held back? Not just that, but you think about the motive behind the decision to withhold in the first place. Mm. Because there's a value for it, right? Let's mm -hmm. say domestic abuse, right? Somebody who absolutely doesn't want to show up on radar that their home is for sale. Could be a private investigator, could be a celebrity. There's people out there that absolutely don't want to sign in the yard. But does that mean you shouldn't not put it on Zillow, per se, Realtor, Facebook, anything like that. These other platforms, because you are broadcasting to a mass public at that point. It's just more like a shotgun versus a pistol, whatever is going to be more accurate, right? Hmm. If you don't have a very distinct audience when you're doing your own advertising outside of the MLS. Got you. Now I'm very impeached well, here. Yeah. Is there a financial benefit if you're a listing agent to not advertise this on MLS, advertise it to your coworkers? at your mm -hmm. brokerage and then make a sale internally and pocket a higher percentage? That's one of the catalysts for the decisions, right? What you'll hear for the people who are really more pro withhelds is they're going to say that this helps in all the advertising run-up, right? They get to do all this advertising to their couple hundred people on their Facebook page or to the people looking in other states at what's going on in Minnesota, whatever. In my opinion, the big push is that they try to get somebody under contract. Could be for good reasons. Maybe they're trying to get the house prepped and everything. But why start advertising in a mass 
not necessarily mass, in a more minute way, mm -hmm. right, at all, if you're going to not intend on showing the property, if yeah. you're really wanting to get it out to everybody at the same time to get the most amount of money for your seller, you know, why would you be doing any advertising other than for the potential to sell it on your own or to pick up buyers, which... Mm -hmm. Buyers are struggling based on these mm -hmm. numbers, right? We can talk about absorption rates here too in a minute, but mm -hmm. buyers who are out there struggling to find a property and they mm -hmm. see all this off-market stuff and they hear certain agents talking about they have all this pre-MLS inventory. I mean, it's like a siren singing in the middle of the ocean, right? They mm -hmm. want to gravitate towards that. Sure. The mm -hmm. angles, the thought processes and the reasoning behind it, mm -hmm. in my opinion, doesn't support mm -hmm. what our goals are from the National Association of Realtors standpoint and fiduciary duties. Well, we should take a break for a minute here and just catch our breath because and now I have more questions. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm giddy right now with yeah. questions. But you're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. Hey, everybody. Bill Ulrich here with Structure Talk. As we move through the year, the change of seasons always brings up another conversation about home maintenance. I don't want you all to forget about Cura Home Maintenance. These guys have home maintenance down. And if you're like me and you have an aversion to home maintenance, check out Daniel over at Cura Home Maintenance. These guys can take a load off your mind and let you get back to the things you enjoy doing. You can find all the information you want about Cura Home Maintenance. Just simply go to curahome.com. That is spelled K-U-R-A home.com. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. And today we're having a conversation with Dan Sabinski from Keller Williams Classic Realty out of Blaine, Minnesota. Okay, so we were talking a little bit about these things called pocket listings, but I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I thought there were rules around how listings were taken and how quickly they needed to be put on the MLS. And are these listings that you don't actually have signed up so you don't really have to put them on the MLS or are you they're actually signed up and they're going to go live in say two weeks and your marketing you're shaking your head no that's not yeah. it no nope. so how is this happening what does it look like from a forms and reporting to the MLS perspective awesome all good questions so there's a standalone form for the withheld right and this is the beauty of perception because most people sell a home every 11 years, right? So their experiences could be a little bit outdated. And even if they are not outdated, the chances of them remembering the process are slim to none. So when somebody enters in the into the equation of adding a withheld, it's all about how that form is presented. You know, we're able to get you listed. We can start getting your house ready and I can start all of my marketing, which they might have a ton of marketing lead up, but then they'll say, you know, we won't show up on the MLS. But by the way, if I find you're a buyer that's willing to pay the price that you want for your home, would you be okay if we show it? I'll get you the top dollar for the least amount of inconvenience, et cetera, right? So depending on how that conversation is displayed is, and depending on how that person hears it, that's where the magic happens. Now, you can be withheld indefinitely. You have to have a listing agreement to be able to have a withheld form signed. You cannot advertise a property at all. Technically, you're not supposed to if you do not have a listing agreement signed at all. Gotcha. Now, Ruben... You recently sold a house or bought a house, didn't you? Yeah. Did you do any recently withholding? Recently did both. No, oh. didn't do anything funky or crazy like that. All right. No. So does 
Tessa, have, yeah. have you bought or sold any real estate lately? Uh, technically, yes, but I stay out of that. I let Jay handle that piece of it. He's a licensed real estate agent, so. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, all but right. my parents, actually, as Dan was talking about pocket listings, I was thinking about my parents because they recently sold their townhouse. They live in a city in Iowa, and they had an agent recommended to them through some friends, and she was an agent who was pretty well known in that city and apparently had a good reputation, and so they went with her and their house was I would say above average for the housing stock in that city it was it was new it was a quality build and my parents kept it super well maintained undoubtedly it was, it was, air sealed oh man and, um, it was a it was a very insulated. nice house yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I've been keeping an eye on the market just to kind of see what else was like you know coming up for listings and c- comparable prices and they, they had a I mean their house is very nice and the agent did exactly what Dan just said she basically lined up uh, or there was a, a buyer that made an offer on their property before it was listed and she told my parents she was going to do that and she said you know we're going to wait and put this on the market after I don't it was like 2 months or mm. 2 2 weeks at least maybe a month she said we're going to wait and put it on the market so she advertised their property to her brokerage and all the agents she knew and then they had a buyer come forward and make an offer and basically that I mean they ended up accepting that offer and I was so confused by that cuz I I thought I'm like how is that keeping my parents best interest first if you're not advertising this property in this seller's market right now to all the buyers. Who's to say that they couldn't have gotten multiple offers or a better offer if she would have done that? And she she kind of spun it, you know, saying, well, you know, we got you an offer real fast. We didn't even have to put it on the market. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to show it. Aren't I good at my job? I sold it really (laughs) quickly. And they were like, yeah, you know, they they didn't even see the other side of that. Right. It's really frustrating to me. And there have been multiple cases that I've seen firsthand where people will be under a withheld and the seller will say, no, I'm not going to accept any offers beforehand before I go on the market fully. And I have seen offers come in at list price and the sellers say no. And then they end up getting more from that same buyer once they go on the market because they get into multiples. We're in a supply and demand industry plus affordability, right? Mm -hmm. There's all these things that can change the game. And Minnesota has a heartbeat to it in terms of best times to sell. Maybe not the best times to sell, but stuff still happens, right? Mm -hmm. So what are those conversations like? How are people being addressed by their agent? How are they being educated so that they can well-time their decision Mm -hmm. to the best leverage? You look at a price range right now from $150,000 to $350,000. In this area that we're talking about, there's a 0.8 months worth of supply. 0.8 months. 0.8 months. (laughs) This is using January metrics. 0.8 months. The numbers for this to be a balanced market between buyers and sellers, five to six months, most people are going to tell you six. Wow. It's insane why you don't Put your home on the market to show it to all the realtors to get into that multiple offer situation. Can I just ask, what is the the argument? I mean, there's got to be some type of argument that an agent is going to make for doing the pocket listing. Mm -hmm. What do do they say is the benefit? It's a good question. Because every time that I talk to somebody new about this, it's that same run up. Like, why would anybody do this? What's being said? Apparently, it's something magical, right? (laughs) We're doing all this marketing. And the way, if you turn your ears into the radio now and how marketing in general is happening, 
beginning in real estate, all about convenience, mm-hmm. right? All of a sudden, showing your home is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having people in your home in a world that we have more surveillance, we have mm-hmm. more technology, we have more security, it is now more frustrating to let people in your home to paint a wall. Mm-hmm. It's like, do they sell 20-pound paintbrushes now at Home Depot? Is mm-hmm. it that taxing on our shoulders? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we all have limitations on what we do our, to our homes to get them ready for market. Mm-hmm. But in the same time, the demand is so high, the supply is so low. If you get good marketing behind you, good photos, good staging, you can leverage yourself and get mm-hmm. top dollar with little inconvenience. What's interesting is I, listening to the words Tessa used. I mean, and this yeah. is secondhand knowledge, so yeah. I don't want to say anything about this agent, but it sounds like she said, oh, we're going to do this. So it feels like she guided the conversation to this. Oh, so if I have to do this, I need you to sign this form. Boom. And it's not even like it was explained. It's like, this is my strategy. And it's just what I do. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But it, it didn't feel like it was fully explained to mm-hmm. your parents what was really going on. Because I feel like we're sort of almost in an auction period here right now for 150 to 350. If your house is clean, you throw it up on the market mm-hmm. and you price it aggressively. Mm-hmm. And when I say aggressively, I'm thinking like, you're going to have 15 people competing over that home right off the bat and let them auction that price mm-hmm. up. Is that, a, is that a good strategy? Dan in this market? Yeah, I've seen some homes where they're not clean. They almost look like they've been thrown up in and then put on the market. And they still sell. And they'll still sell. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But again, you can always be overpriced, right? Mm-hmm. No one's going to pay 500000 for yeah. a $300,000 home. But again, how do home prices go up, right? Money is made in the spring and it depends on supply, mm-hmm. demand, and affordability. Wow. Interesting stuff. We're almost out of time. I, I feel like this 25 to 27 minutes just flew by. I've got about 47,000 more questions <laughs> to ask, Dan. We got we to gotta do a part two. Yeah. Okay, we, we'll do a part we are, two. We are doing a two-part deal here. Okay. I'm <laughs> yeah. looking forward to it. Ruben will actually get to talk. We'll, we'll let him talk. He was quiet well, over there. I don't know. Today. I don't have much to say. I'm just learning. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich, alongside Tessa Murray, Ruben Saltzman, and special guest guest, Dan Sabinski. Thank you very much, Dan. We appreciate your time. We'll catch you all next time. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at structuretech1.com.